Well, welcome everybody. My name is Tom Miller. I'm the owner of Leaders Building Leaders, and this is a very, very exciting day for me. I have been waiting to do this uh, for some time. And I was telling Sarah before you all hopped on that, you know, teachers, teachers are the variable. Students are the constant, teachers are the variables, and teachers need community, and teachers need other teachers to help them uh, just understand like we're all going through these challenges and and there's all this great research about you know teachers and the value of despair and they climb up and they climb out so I was like look I'm tired of hearing from principals about how they're dealing with COVID I want to hear from some teacher leaders so I have two volunteers and each month we'll be doing this the last Tuesday of every month uh, and these are graduates from our teacher leader academy our teacher leader consortium that we host where you know teachers lead learn to lead at a 360 degrees and and they go through a disc of personality profile and some coaching training so one of my goals was for them to be on bigger platforms and so i'm 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 hoping that um that this is just a great first step and these two leaned in when i said hey who is willing to be on a webinar workshop uh, to support other teachers and Georgia and Sarah immediately dove right back into the email box and said, I will do it despite all the things I have uh, going on. So uh, the, the, this call will look a little bit like this. I'll ask Sarah and Georgia to both tell us a little bit about where they work and what they do at those schools and how they feel they're thriving or have been told that they're thriving in this, in this uh, challenging conditions. And then you put your questions in the chat box. I sent the questions that you registered with uh, to them to start to talk through, but this time is for you. It's not for me. And uh, so get out of this what you want and, and get your pens and pencils or notebooks ready, whatever, however you take notes nowadays, you young people. And, uh, and, let's, and let's really learn a lot here because this is, this is meeting one of our purposes. So that's what I want to thank you for, Sarah and Georgia is letting me live out my purpose, right? And, and so our, you know, our goal as an organization is to bring vision, confidence, and strategy and execution that improves school leadership and school performance overall. So me being able to hold this platform for you two and the dozens of folks that are gonna be on this call and with our podcast that has over 30,000 listeners, there's some folks who are gonna hear you today. So you're gonna make impact across uh, uh, the globe. So it's going to be exciting. No uh, pressure, Georgia. Anything you say is going to be fantastic. So don't worry about it. So let's start with you, uh, Sarah Douglas, if that's okay. Can you tell us a little bit about where, you know, where you're from? You know, why do you do what you do? And where, where are you teaching? And what does a day look like for you? All right. So I'm Sarah Douglas. I teach at East Wake Academy here near Raleigh. I was a math teacher for eight years and last year I transferred to the interventionist. However, in the change of things, we I've now moved back to math this year and teaching math one as we work on trying to find a replacement either for math or intervention. And so through that, um, our school has about 365 students in the high school. We are K through 12 for that. Um, and so last year as an interventionist, I had a roughly 40 students. So I was meeting with them as we went online 
to get their lessons done through iReady and to give them support in organization and their classwork. And then this year as the math teacher, I've got 60 something kids um, from Foundations of Math One to regular Math One. I love it. I love it. Thanks so much, Sarah. And uh, if you haven't visited Eastwake Academy out here in Zebulon, it's one of the best kept secrets uh, that we have in charter school world. And I want you, you know, maybe when you get, you know, one of the conversations I want to make sure that we have is how your school already was kind of, I won't call it hybrid, but a lot of your high school students were already taking online self-driven, you know, courses. So, uh, we can talk later about how did that help you all as you moved into remote learning. So let's let Georgia get a chance to introduce herself and tell tell us why she does what she does, what gets her up every day, and 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 where's her school and uh, and how are you how are you doing right now? Okay, thank you so much. Hi everyone, I'm Georgia Young. I'm a native of Jamaica. Um, I've been in the United States for eight years in Durham, North Carolina. I taught in the public school system for five years, and I'm currently at IDYO Charter School in Durham, North Carolina. Um, I've always had a passion for teaching ever since I was in the third grade. I know a lot of people say that, but I believe that teaching is my calling. It's at the center of what I do. Um, I like to educate. I feel like when I do what I do, I empower young people. I empower the younger generation. So I love to teach. Um, I love to see students learn. I believe that knowledge is power. And when um, I bring information, then it enlightens my young learners and the darkness just has to go. I like to see when knowledge enters and it's like it changes their world when like, oh, I didn't know that before and they learn and grow. So um, that's a little bit about myself. Yeah, I love the way that you use the word empower and that's the point of this program, you know, this, this empowerment community. What is a, what does an empowered life look like for you, um, right? What does it look like on the, in the classroom. So can you describe a little bit what, what like empowerment looks like to you? How do you live an empowered life, Georgia? Um, uh, I guess an empowered life looks to me um, when I see my students learning, when I see them making progress. Um, we serve a population of uh, majority minority kids who are um, like two levels below their grade level. And so I get to bring them up higher than where they came to me. So seeing them learning new things each day, tracking their progress and seeing growth, I feel like um, that is empowering to me because I don't see myself as failing my students. Um, I might not be able to get them on grade level by the end of the year because some of them are so low, but I see the progress they're making. I see the progress they're making in reading, in writing, in spelling, in drawing, in building their self-confidence. Um, so seeing my students learning and thriving empowers me as an educator, as a human being, because I feel like I'm impacting lives and I'm making positive changes. Um, having the opportunity to talk to them, 
about social issues and social justice also empowers me to know that I can bring that information to little human beings. So doing that in the classroom and having students who didn't want to even get on the computer now get up and get on the computer and independently do their work, that for me is empowerment and um, it's just a wonderful thing. Yeah, and your and your students at IDYL, they've been coming in on the campus since day one, right? I mean, since the first start of this year, you all have been in either a plan B or a plan, maybe even a B plus mode, right? Yes, we opened on August 3rd and we've had students in the building since August 3rd. And, and offering transportation and everything, just like you normally do with lunch. So it's almost, yes, school is normal for you all. Transportation, everything. <laughs> It is normal, but with a lot less people in the building. <laughs> but with a lot less people. Yeah, we'll get more into those uh, logistics. So make sure if you have a question, put it in the chat box. We're going to let the two ladies introduce themselves and talk a little bit more about the great things they're doing. So put your question in the chat box and we'll get to it. So Sarah, what is what is living an empowered life mean to you as an educator? I think that living an empowered life, you asked how it um, looks and feels and to me it feels the exact same way as it always has that my students are learning um, I didn't know if I wanted to do this presentation and then I did my survey and my students are like no keep it the way you're doing it we love you like don't change anything and I'm like that's how I feel is that we still feel connected I know we're at zoom but we still have that connection I still threatened to email and call their parents. I will in the middle of class, the mute button works perfectly. So I still feel that connection with my students. I still feel that wonderful high when they figure out what they're doing and they're like, I got this. Like you can see it on their faces still. It's still the same feeling to me as an empowered. It might look a little different. I mean, you're sitting at my dining room table right now. Um, this is my china cabinet, but it looks a little different. I still need my posters. But that feeling of being empowered with, by my students' learning is still the same feeling that it's always been. Love it. And what I love most is that, you know, sometimes, you know, we always don't see ourselves as successful, right? So your students, your students were one of the main reasons why you said yes, you know, to coming on to this webinar, because they're the ones that told you, even though we all know you're doing a great job, Sarah. It was your kids that gave you the power, right? So, so I think that's one of the biggest things for every human being to remember is that sometimes we need to borrow the belief from other people in us to, because they're holding the image high for us. And educators have such a hard job to start with and now we have to do it in this, you know, COVID environment under different conditions and flipping our classrooms. Um, so there was a question here, and, and we can let both leaders talk about this. How long are you with them on Zoom? So East Wake Academy is fully remote, and they have made a decision at this point, at least to be fully remote until the end of the calendar year. And so what, what is a day, what does a day look like for your students? And we'll come back to you, Georgia, with the same question. So a day for my students looks like at 9 a.m. they log on to their first block. They have an hour of first block. They get a 15-minute break. 
an hour of second, a 15 minute break, an hour of third, then they have an hour for lunch, and then an hour of fourth block. So they are online all day, and so we are too. So you have, so you have almost, I mean, is that your normal schedule? So if we were, if we were in a brick and mortar situation, would a student have four classes per day? Is it almost, yes. a, it's the same thing? Okay. The students would have four classes per day, and instead of an hour lunch, we do a 30 minute lunch with 30 minutes of smart block. So 30 minutes of remediation time. Um, so now they just get an hour right now. And normally our classes are 80 minutes. So they've been 85 minutes. So they've been cut down just a little bit. Okay, yeah. And, and, and there was a question about engagement. What are some ways that you're increasing engagement um, with them? You know, besides, you know, the mute button and the text button, you know, home, home to mom and dad. Like what are some, what's, what's maybe been your most effective strategy to raise engagement? Um, online resources. So I use Pear Deck. Pear Deck is my go-to. My kids, according to my survey, love Pear Deck. It gets them to interact. They are doing their warm-up on Pear Deck. As I ask a question in class, they're answering it on Pear Deck. They can draw, they can do a poll, they can text, write a text answer in there. And so they're really interacting with the lesson. I am not the teacher that stands up front of a classroom and lectures. I actually dislike it completely. And so I wanted my students to be able to interact with me. And so we do Pear Deck. We have done Kahoot. They love Kahoot. They think that they learn so much better in Kahoot. And like if you're playing a math game, they'll play math games all day long. Right. We've done Jeopardy just and I make sure that as I'm going through the my list, that I'm talking and calling on every, every single one of those students every day during that 60 minutes. So there's not a single student that I don't call their name, except for my one in fourth block, because she'll turn her camera off on me if I call her name. But I will message her in the chat privately mm -hmm. to make sure that she's engaged with me. Um, so really using those programs and using those online resources has really helped me to keep them engaged. Awesome. Can you put a couple of those links in the chat? I think you said it was called Pear Deck or just, you know, some of the tools you use that, that'd be great. And because I got a you know, bunch more questions off of that, but I want to ask, you know, Georgia, same thing. So what, so, so how are, you know, what does a day look like for, for your scholars? And um, how are you raising engagement, especially with, you know, students who are at, at home learning remotely while, while you're teaching in the classroom live? I assume, is that the model you're using? That everything's yes, live that's at the, the same model time. we're using. Yes. So um, while I'm teaching with uh, in the classroom with one group of students, the other group that's at home, they they join my live lessons for 25 to 30 minutes, and then after I'm finished with my minute lesson, we have breakout sessions. So my TA, my teacher assistant, um, she will take a group of students online and just do the small group instruction with them. And then I'll continue working with the ones in my class and then we break and then we go back in for our ELA. So we do it for math and then we do another live for ELA. And then after I'm done with the mini lesson, my teacher assistant will take a group of students online and rotate through Zoom and do small group instruction, answer questions, um, guided reading as best as we can while we're on the Zoom. 
Um, we use Nearpod also, which we find the kids love. Nearpod is very interactive. Um, so that helps them to stay engaged. A few of us use Pear Deck. Um, we do a lot of online games also. We do Kahoot. Um, and then uh, in the Google Classroom, we'll put links for YouTube videos that they should watch and then write about it, send it to us. I have them um, making videos um, with their cell phones or their uh, whatever uh, smart device they have. Some of the assignments, I'll ask them to just make a video instead of writing about it, do a video about it and send it to me and the kids love that. Um, it's kind of challenging to find ways to keep them involved and engaged, especially those at the house. So I have to kind of hype up what I'm doing in the classroom to make it as such where they want to get on the live when they see that we are, I'm really teaching at a high level. Um, I'm incorporating song and dance and drama and acting. I have the kids act out their lessons, talk it out, dance it out, sing it out. So when they get on the live, they like to see that. So I have to hype it up to bring them back in. Um, after we're done with our math and ELA, we have the students again at the end of the day for another 30 minutes of small group instruction to go over what they possibly missed during the day. So we do another Zoom meeting uh, at the end of the day when, when all my kids in the building are gone, we stay behind and um, instruct one-in-one um, -in -one or in small groups to just help with concepts that they may have missed. Yeah, I love all that. I mean, normally the, the uh, you know, day at IDYL school is pretty long anyway, right? I mean, it's normally you guys are there past almost four o'clock on a typical day when we were, yeah, pre-COVID. Uh, there's a couple questions in the chat box, whether those tools are free. Looks like Sarah's got that. Now I've been in your class many times, Georgia. There's one thing that I was really think of, it's high energy and high expectations. So I know one of the questions that when, you know, someone registered with, um, I wanna make sure I get it. It was uh, someone from a Piedmont Community Charter School asked organization regarding virtual and live teaching at the same time so how are you how are you doing that with students in your class and and also organizing it there like how are you staying how are you thriving in this emotionally to get through that there's a lot of collaboration um, between staff and um, i have a strong team member this year and i also have a full-time ta we do um, have time in our day for PLT meetings where we collaborate and we kind of share responsibilities. So um, a member of my team will do, will plan the, the lessons and then I will come up with the more fun part of it and we put it together. Um, because it, it is a lot and if you try to approach it on your own, then it might seem a little bit stressful. So this is where all hands on deck comes into play and we have to, we get together and really um, uh, put the team effort in and collaborate, collaborate to get the work done, put ideas around, share what we have um, and just, just work with each other to make it easier and more accomplished um, task at the end of the day. Yeah. How about you, Sarah? What is East Wake Academy doing to create that harmony and balance in your life and collaboration with your team to make sure that 
everybody's, you know, staying focused and not overdoing it. We are doing that communication um, at Eastwick getting some of us are individual so I'm the only math one teacher so I don't collaborate with anybody to make lessons but we still have our weekly department meetings so we can talk with our peers they're doing wonder Wednesdays so on Wednesdays you never know what you're gonna get <laughs> last week on Wednesday was biscuits in the morning that Boosters Association ended up providing biscuits for us on Wonder Wednesday. So, and then a few weeks ago, we had ice cream on Wednesday just to get everyone together. We're meeting in the, everyone that's on campus meets in the gym, so they're all spread out. And just trying to keep that sense of community around everyone and keep communicating. So it sounds, so at Eastwick Academy, it's, it's optional to, to work from home, but there are, you know, certain days where they are doing something special on campus uh, to entice or influence, right, everybody to come and, and keep that community going. Yes, as we are adults, we were allowed to decide whether or not we wanted to be on campus or at home. Um, and so there are certain teachers that want to stay on campus all day long. They want their internet there. And there's others that have stayed home. I'm one of those ones. I actually haven't stepped foot on campus in uh, about nine weeks. And the for whole first quarter, I didn't step on campus once because um, I have great internet at home. And so they've gotten things to community, but we're still also meeting through Zoom to communicate as well. Yeah, I love it. Can you talk a little bit about the electives? offered you know like the online courses and all those other pieces Sarah and then and then there's been a lot of questions about balance um, so if you could talk a little bit about first what East Wake Academy offers and then we'll and then we'll you know work on the balance question so East Wake Academy has always offered quite a bit of online classes because we're so small we don't always have as many electives so students that want to take other languages besides Spanish um, they can do that through the online platform a lot of our CTE classes we don't have a CTE department so if they want to take a computer class they want to take a finance class then they're doing that we have um, the Baker Center is our com big computer lab and if they are on campus then they are in the Baker Center during the day but since we are not on campus, um, they're continuing those. There's through, most of our online classes are through NCBPS. Um, students also take CCP classes as well. Right. I love it. Yeah, there's so many options there at Eastwick. And if you've never been in there, um, there's a, a room dedicated to it. And there's a bunch of, I'll call them cubicles, but they're probably more like a study, you know, carols, I guess, but it's very comfortable. And then there's one adult and it holds probably like 50 to 60 students, right? On a normal day. Um, or more. <laughs> yes, yeah. but about 60. So Miss Barkley, sorry, changed her name. She is about 25 to 30 online students and she also teaches fraction and seminar in the same space 
right. over at the tables and chairs. So she monitors all of them in their online classes when they're online. Yeah, what a great opportunity. So let's uh, talk about uh, balance, you two. Now, I don't necessarily believe there's balance because if you're balanced, that means you're not moving, right? You're just, you know, stagnant. So I like to call it harmony. So whether you like the word balance or harmony, whatever it is, how are you creating harmony in your own personal lives, you know, through this time? And maybe what's a strategy that you've seen really work well at your school or with your teammates uh, to help them? So Sarah, if you wanna, you wanna kick us off there. Sure. Um, yeah, I don't like the word balance. I probably had the worst balance there was. Um, I'm a single mother of a four-year-old little boy and before we went completely remote, I probably had the worst balance. I worked at school all day long. I left, I picked up my kid and I came home. I fed him, made sure he was good. And then I sat on my computer and made lessons for the next day. So before this, I probably had the worst balance. And now I have this great harmony. I feel like I have thrived at the online home teaching and so I made myself a schedule that was my biggest thing is that a schedule and I will tell you it's right in front of me actually um, I started this when right before oh I forgot to mention I also have a second job which I <laughs> accidentally got I have two jobs um, so not only am I teaching full-time for Eastwick Academy, but I also teach competitive math for um, CTY online programs, which is through John Hopkins University. And so that takes me about 10 to 15 hours a week as well. I didn't mean to have two jobs, but um, I needed a little extra income. And so I actually got it right at the start of the first week. Everything shut down is the week that I started with my second job. And so my biggest help with me has been a schedule. I need to have that structure. I'm not in a building, I'm not going to a building, but I need that structure. I need to know, okay, what am I doing throughout the day? Um, I started bullet journaling. It's rather hard. Some people have like to-do lists, because I am horrible. If it's not written down, I probably won't do it. Or if Tom doesn't send me 500 emails about it, then it might not get done. So I make sure I write down everything that I'm doing. I organize my day so that from eight to three, that's school time. I write down exactly what school time I have. And then I write down my tasks of when I'm going to do my tasks around those school classes. And I say that I've probably figured out the best balance during our hour lunch, which I love because I teach first and second. So my second block ends at 1115 and fourth block doesn't start till 145. So I'm using that time as my planning, but also as my break time. Mm -hmm. And so before this started, I actually I got got a treadmill and I've actually been walking and getting myself up to a, doing a 4k for that, so 30 minutes a day, middle of the day, I'm on the treadmill, but I make sure that I schedule it into my day. I'm making sure that I wake up at the same time every day, making sure that I'm following my schedule and not 
I'll just snooze because we're online, it's fine. Really making sure that I've got that self-care. You're right, self-care is my main thing of trying to make sure that I'm balanced is to also make sure, okay, I just need to shut down everything. I need to make sure that I have time for me. And there are days when Friday afternoon hits at one o'clock and I'm like, all right, computer's off, I'm done. Turn the computer off, walk away, find something else to do. Because you need that break from being online. What was the trigger that made you realize you needed a schedule? Like how, like how did, that doesn't just happen. So you didn't just do something. Something had to trigger that. Um, so it honestly probably started with my bullet journal. <laughs> that like writing my tasks down. And then I was like, okay, I'm getting that. When I sit at the computer, my ADD goes crazy. I'm like, I don't even know where to start. And so making that time schedule, I think my first bullet journal, when I first started in March, I didn't really have a schedule. I had like my task list of what I wanted to do during the day. But then I got like overwhelmed of like, okay, now what do I do now? And so then I, as I slowly progressed, I was like, okay, I need like a detailed hourly schedule of what we're going to do when so that I know this is the time I have to do this task. I'm working on my second job during this hour. I'm tutoring here so that I know what's coming next in my day so that it's not overwhelming, that I know, okay, I'm gonna have a 15 minute break here shortly. Wow. Yeah, and, and the bullet journal, uh, someone asked it about that. What, is, there, is there like a special process for it or is it just, just what it sounds? I write a bullet and I write what I'm gonna do next to it. It is a, I don't know if you can even see my dots. It's literally a blank journal with dots in it. Mm -hmm. um, I have, you don't have to get as fancy as me. My sister says I'm very artsy. Um, I make my monthly calendar, and then each week, each week I start with my weekly, so I have my week, what's happening that week, and then this is my day, so I literally have all the hours written down the side, this box is for my task for my part-time job, this tells my all my other tasks and these are wishful things that we wish would happen and so and it doesn't even have to be that way it can be a it's really all what you want it to be i've customized it to me because it fits myself um but a lot of people do like work to-do list home to-do list and they just cross them off as they go they carry their book around so that when they're in a room and they're like oh wait i need to remember that they write it down and then they have it with them so they can remember those little things that we need to remember throughout the day. I've got lots of lists, but I'm usually paralyzed by my list. So I never go back and look at it. So that's part of my problem. So awesome for sharing, uh, sharing that, Sarah. How about you, Georgia? What are you doing to create harmony and or balance uh, in your life? Because I know you got some little ones too. So how are you doing it all? Um, uh, balance, I think, um, now I'm a little bit more balanced than even before COVID. Um, I'm back in the building working as usual, but it's a lot less stress because there's a lot less kids in the building. So I try to get the majority of my work done before I leave the building for home and before I go home for weekend. 
Um, they factored in common planning time in our days. So we have like uh, an hour or five days per week to plan. So I try to get a lot of the work done during that time. And like I said before, collaborating with my teammate, we try to make sure that we have everything set and ready before we go home. Grading um, is a lot different because there's so much leniency now because of COVID. So I try to do most of my grading during my planning time and anything work related that I have to do, I try to do it before I leave the building so that when I get home, uh, I just focus on myself and my son. Um, pretty much um, doing the same things I do when I go home, having dinner with him, going for a walk. Um, we don't do a lot outside because of COVID. So just the little things, um, watching a movie, cooking dinner together, making sure that he's okay and I'm fine. Um, but the majority of it is getting most of my work done before I leave. So I'm really not taking home a lot of work like I was before COVID because I have like five students on any given day in the building and then the others are online. And those who are strictly online, they go to another teacher. So there's an online teacher who deals with those kids. So I'm in charge of like 14 students right now. So there's a lot I can get done during my day before I go home. And I just try to use my time wisely and get everything done for school before I go home. So that's my way of trying to find a balance in all of this. Mm. There was a question about, um, that was in the, uh, in the registration about losing students. And so I'm really curious, do you, how, how did IDYL do with enrollment you know, this year? Do you have more students or less students than last we, year? We have more on our roster than we did last year. Wow, more students, right? So my, yes. my last day on your campus was March 13th or 16th or whatever that day was. So there's more, there, there's more students now than there was before. What do you think was the difference to be able to help you all raise enrollment? in Durham because um, the entire county is pretty much remote learning so yes. that could have been part of it was there anything else do you think I think it was the fact that we're the only school that opened back up um, when we did offering transportation um, and just doing it for everybody like we did before when everyone else was remote so I think that really helped us a lot opening mm -hmm. back up when we did Wow, the only the only public school in Durham yes, to go for the it. Only, that's the only well, one. knowing 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 the founder of your organization, that doesn't surprise me at all. So, uh, so how about so? And then we're going to go to Sarah with the same question. But so so you know the students are doing a good job with their masks and their face coverings, and everybody's being safe, and you haven't had any issues on campus. We haven't had any reported issues. Um, knock on, on campus. knock on wood. All right, that's good. <laughs> yes. yeah. um, I think the parents also emphasize the importance of kids wearing their masks. So we, in my in my room, we don't have any issues with kids taking their mask off. They're very um, they're very diligent about keeping it on and wearing it throughout the day. Um, they do take it off when it's time for lunch. Everybody stays in the room at their own seat and eat so we don't cross-contaminate. Mm -hmm. um, and we emphasize the importance of keeping the mask on. 
Um, they see us, they mimic what we do. So as teachers, we make sure that we have it on all day. So they watch us, they see what we're doing. And I think that being in this pandemic and everybody having um, the knowledge of it and the feel of it, I think it also helps the kids. Like we really don't want to get sick because it's, it's everywhere and they're seeing it everywhere and hearing about it. So I think that they are very sensitive to what's happening. So we don't even have to be uh, redirecting students about masks. I love it. I, I love that. I, that's, that makes me feel, and that's what I'm hearing with a lot of the charter school leaders that are part of our you know, inner circle group, that that's not, that's not an issue. It's almost more of an issue with the adults than it is trying to keep the kids, right? It's usually not a kid problem anyway. It's usually an adult problem. I know uh, so we've got a couple minutes left. So Sarah, how about East Wake Academy? I think I heard you, now there's 1,200 or so uh, students at East Wake Academy. And I don't, I don't know if you guys lost any families or do you know about how you all did? I don't know how we did through this, um, but I, I know you're know full. I know you got all your kids. So, yeah. <laughs> and there's probably a lot on the waiting list. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, I haven't had, and in my classes, I haven't had uh, any students leave or come in. We've yeah. actually kept all of our new students that were enrolled. And I know, you know, working closely with both of your schools, relationships is a, and community is a massive focus for you. So maybe. That's the lesson here, that building a relationship and that trust and knowing what a great school it is, you leave, you, you leave East Wake Academy, you're, you're probably not getting back in the lottery. And now IDYL is starting to build really strong capacity where it's going to be at the same point. So um, I had a question about how do you decide what to teach? Like, how do you know, like in a shorter time, you know, Sarah and, you know, Georgia and, and you know, maybe you got to, you know, condense it. How are you taking the time to decide what, what standard you want kids to learn that day? And most importantly, what are you using to identify whether they learned it or not? Either one, whoever wants to kick that one off. I can get that one off. Um, so I'm choosing my standards the same way that I was before with my foundations kids. I have a little bit of leeway because I get them all year. And so there are certain things I had to teach, I was supposed to teach literal equations, which I did with my regular math one kids, but my foundations kids, I was like, nope, next semester, we're going to see if we can do that in person or later when we build some more of those foundational skills. So it's just reading where they are, but it's the same as if they were in the classroom. We're still doing those informal assessments to see how they're doing um, even better because Zoom counts my thumbs up and thumbs down for me. Mm. So I can still do those little things of informal check-ins um, with the Pear Deck and the Nearpod we're getting that immediate, they're getting that immediate feedback with, okay, what are you doing? Um, I can watch them working, especially when they work out problems on the screen and they're getting questions wrong, then I'm checking in with them and can give them feedback. So those same little things that we are doing in the classroom to try to check to make sure where they were is the same thing, just in a different format. Yeah, so lots of formative assessment. I didn't realize Zoom counts your thumbs up and thumbs down. I love it. And I think you said earlier that everybody has their camera on, right? I mean, it's not, uh, 
you're not having any challenges with that. So the count thumbs up, thumbs down. You talked about all those other kazoot and other, I'm sure I said them, you know, pair deck or whatever. So you're constantly engaging and assessing and asking questions. And I know the school that I'm currently leading, it's the same thing I told the high school teachers. I said, well, if they're not engaged, have them write it down first. Say, write it down and then put it in the chat or whatever else or hold it up or find a way to engage them and not let them off the hook because kids are smart. Like if you're not going to ask me, just like adults are smart, right? You know, I mean, we've all been in these Zoom meetings for six months now, you know, screening off or whatever. We got seven tabs up. Kids are doing the same thing, but you engage them. You call them by name. I heard you say that earlier too, Sarah. I call them by name. I constantly am asking them questions. I'm keeping them involved in something fun. So it's entertaining and educational. And I'm doing a great job. I love that. I love that. Do you have a couple students that do have their cameras off only because either their camera's broken? Um, one of yeah. my students stays at his mom's work and they're not allowed to have the camera on. Mm. But if I have a student who refuses to turn the camera off, then we're going into a breakout room and having a conversation just the two of us or three of us okay why aren't you turning your camera on what's happening which is how i know why not to call on my student in fourth block um because she's very shy and she does not yeah. want to be noticed so as long as i don't call attention to her she will keep her camera on it sounds like something my daughter would say georgia what it what about you with the same question how are you now because your schools are different right you know zebulon is a completely different population but still rural um, you know, majority white, you know, students. Now, IDYL is right in the middle of pretty much downtown Durham, Miami, you know, Boulevard, uh, yeah. you know, a large at-risk population. So how are you deciding what to teach and how are you ensuring, you know, students are learning what you've taught? Initially, we met as a team and created our own pacing guide. But then once we started, we administered our diagnostic test using iReady. And we're using iReady as a guide to help us map out where the greater needs are for our students. Um, so based off of their initial uh, results, we kind of made a plan or, of intervention on what to teach. Um, we have adapted Eureka Math and for K-5, their Google Slides that go with each uh, module and each lesson so it is a lot easier this year because we have the slides uh, that we work from and we can also um, project those slides for students to see and send it to parents at the end of the day if they want to go over the lesson the script it's, it's scripted so parents have uh, the, the opportunity to look at what we're teaching read it with their kids and help their students learn for me having a journal out and um copying what I'm doing for quick check is a must. So my students who are online, when I project or I share my screen, um, Eureka has what we call redraw write uh, for application problems. Um, so I will read the problem, they draw it out and they write it and that is gonna be their exit ticket before they leave my Zoom. Same thing for the students in my class. So I do a lot of quick checks. Um, on Fridays, we have our assessment day. Um, where we do mini assessments. My students take that assessment online with their camera on, I screen share, and they write their answers down, and I check it before they get off my Zoom. So that's another way that I'm checking for understanding. Um, I think that's all I have for now. 
is either school using a tool like a go guardian or you know bark or anything to to just oversee um you know you know the student screens or anything that's something we're using here at our school but no no <laughs> george said so i love this question here so this is one of the reasons why i wanted this call was a friend of mine if you read the email was a she's a kindergarten teacher and it's five o'clock on a friday and she's at her daughter's uh, swim meet and her daughter gets in the car says mommy how'd you like my dive and she lied to her and said it was great honey but she said she actually never saw it because she was in her phone on her google classroom at five o'clock on a friday giving feedback so what are one of the questions is do you have any rules around communicating with students and families you know cutoff time i know sarah you said at one point i just put it away and i'm done so how are you both working and not only yourselves but your teams to like I got to turn it off at some point. Otherwise, I'll never be able to get back to my own life. So would love to hear both your thoughts on that one. I turn it off at 430 when I'm leaving the building and I turn it back on at eight when I get here in the morning. So mm -hmm. communication is done with parents between the hours of eight and 430. Um, during my common planning time, we have 15 minutes allotted to respond to parents, to respond to email, to check Google Classroom. And like I said before, we try to get everything or majority of the things done during the day so that when I leave, um, that's not on my plate. So we do have an allotted time that they gave us this year to do all of that before we leave the building. Um, uh, it, is, it is up to the, the teacher's discretion. If they want to respond after 4:30, um, but I think for most, for the most part, uh, at at 4:30, that's it. So wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. You you shut it down from 4:30 to 8, and like what does does like the building collapse? Does all these bad things happen to you, Georgia, or is it like oh, I've got some more emails to answer when I get in there? I have more emails to answer in the morning when I get there. And I will do that in the morning when I get yep. there. I try to arrive before it's time for instruction. I pace myself. So I try to get here at least 30 minutes before or sometimes 45 minutes earlier. And I will use that quiet time in the morning to respond to emails, to um, respond to parents. And then during the common planning time throughout the day, and also while we're doing our breakout groups, small groups with our students, I respond to parents as well, questions, concerns, and stuff like that. So, yeah. Excellent. And as you know, Sarah answered the same question. There's some, there's some teachers here who want to stay in contact with you both to ask some follow-up questions. If you wouldn't mind putting your own email box in, just so you know, they're only going to answer it in a short amount of time, you know, when they get to it. So, but if you could put your email address in the chat box, that'd be great. I know there's some folks who want to touch base with you. What do you do, Sarah? How do you, you know, how do you turn it off? I'm actually the opposite. I probably don't turn it off. So I have my moments during the day. Um, I don't answer anything before 8 a.m. I drop my son off at school. I'm home by 8 a.m. And so starting at 8 a.m. I have an hour to get ready for the day sometimes it's making lessons that morning but it's getting ready for that day and getting any emails that i need um i have my 30 minutes or hour during lunchtime that but i also have gotten really good at um 
lesson planning. My principal was actually called me. He's like, are you busy? I was like, no, I'm just lesson planning on the treadmill. It's fine. <laughs> um, so I probably don't have that balance, but I also, there are times when I turn it off um, between, I tutor at three to four, from four to 5.30 or six. I turn everything off. I might get back on for just a little bit to if I get a important email. I've had a student, I've had a parent email me frantic at five o'clock on a Friday. I emailed her right back, calmly, mm -hmm. you know, helped her relax for the weekend and then went back to normal. But unless it's um, super important, um, parents emailing me telling me you have kids crying over a test, then I don't answer. My students know that they can send me a quick message through Remind if they have a question, but they also know that I go to bed super early. And so if they want me, they're gonna have to wait for the morning. By time, I'm like, you can message me all you want in the middle of the night, it's fine. I will get it in the morning and I'll respond to you between eight and nine. Uh, so those kind of things, I just make sure that I'm not taking away from my home time at home. I love it because I know we, we got to get you off the Zoom in a couple minutes because you got to go pick up your your youngin. So I'm going to end on this one. So what I would love for everybody is what's one takeaway that you got from Georgia or Sarah being on this mess on this this webinar today, right? Because good intentions is signing up, right? Intentional action is coming and actually being here live, but true change is only going to happen by taking what you learned and implementing it, right? So, you know, both of you participated in our Teacher Leader Academy, so hopefully you had one big takeaway from that, but what's what's one thing, if you were to tell the people who were, who were either listening to you live or on the recording, what's one thing that you've learned about yourself during this time that if you could, you know, tell yourself like, hey, do this, like this will work if you do this, if you just do it, because it's working for me, what's maybe that one thing? Sarah, you go first, because I know you've got the, the hard stop here. Um, yeah, but you asked me the hardest question. <laughs> I think my one thing is staying organized. Mm. I know there's so much going on, and if I don't write it down, I will get overwhelmed. And I know that I can't accomplish everything in one day it's okay this can happen on tuesday and spreading that out and making my priorities and set and saying to them i've got to have my to-do list i've got to have my what's happening i've got to be organized so that i know what's going on i'm not overwhelmed because i know what's happening next i know that in seven minutes if i do not go get my son he will be angry <laughs> with me um, so just keeping that schedule and keeping my to-do list. <laughs> I love it. That's, that's so awesome. Yeah. And, and so, so if you want to reach out to Sarah, you can look her up at East Wake Academy, you know, that word Sarah Douglas or in her emails, S Douglas at eastwakeacademy.org. And that, it looks like it's a, that's a pretty common message there. You know, Sarah, everybody talk, I heard you say, say schedule your priorities, right. And prioritize your schedule. I mean, that's, that's the difference, right? Because you could just write things down, but if you don't prioritize what's in your schedule, you just, 
you know, you're just writing things down, right? And that's, and that's, and that's where I need to grow and I'm going to learn from you. Uh, how, how about you, George, if you were to like tell yourself, you know, that it's going to be okay if you just do this, what would your message be to everybody? Um, I'm sitting here thinking um, back to that day when you came into my room and I was getting ready to do a lesson. And I knew my accent was strong, so I didn't want to talk while you were there, but you wouldn't leave. <laughs> and I, want, I was going to teach uh, perimeter, and I say perimeter, and when I said that, you said you have to be consistent if you're saying perimeter. All your students need to say perimeter, and you stood there with me, and you said perimeter. <laughs> That's right. And I said, I would never ever speak in front of you again. <laughs> and here I am today. So um, the takeaway for me is don't limit yourself. Um, don't put limits on yourself um, because there's so much you can accomplish if you don't limit yourself. Uh, when this pandemic first hit in March, I was terrified. I didn't want to leave my house. I'm like, I'm never working again. I'm not teaching in a pandemic. And here I am teaching in a pandemic and surviving and thriving. So all of this just um, helps me to remember, um, don't limit yourself. Don't put limits on yourself and never say never. There's so much you can do with the right mindset. I love it. What a, what a great that message. And I learn from you every time there's in the classroom. So it would have never... I always love it. And so when we when we get back into touring schools, we're going to IDYL and we're going back to Eastwake Academy. And I invite everybody who's on here to check these two amazing teacher leaders out. And so seeing there's such an interest in self-care, this is what we're, we're going to do. Pretty much every Tuesday at this time, we're going to have a call similar to this that's going to focus on your emotional health and your health care. And so we're going to bring in more uh, teacher leaders and we're going to bring you tips because if, if, you are, if you do not all take care of yourselves, who's going to do it, right? This is the time that we've got to actually pay attention to the stewardess and the stewardesses and the stewards about put your mask on self. Put your mask on first, everybody, before you try to put the mask on everybody else. Because if something happens to you, there's, there's only one shot at this, right, Georgia? I think we talked about that. We only get one shot on this big, beautiful blue rock, and, and let's just make it our best, most empowered life. So... Let's put in the uh, chat box a thank you to Georgia and Sarah. Uh, if you want to learn more about what we do at our uh, company, Leaders Building Leaders, you can go to our website at lbleaders.com. You can join these uh, teachers and learn from them directly. And our next uh, Teacher Leader Academy will be launching in the next four to six weeks. And uh, we love you all. Thank you for what you do out there, educators. Live an empowered life. Live that life on purpose. And, uh, and, 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 and maybe next month you guys will be on here. So if you want to be one of the guests and the panelists, email me at tom at lbleaders.com. Thank you again, Sarah and Georgia, so much for your time today. It was really eye-opening and, and reassuring that we can get through this just one minute at a time if you have to, right? Just one minute at a time. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day. Bye-bye.